The following pre-recorded program is paid for by Carla Swanigan Ministries. Get ready to experience and receive the grace you long for from the heart of God. Welcome to Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan. Carla is a wife and mother, international speaker, minister, and engaging storyteller known for her transparency with an impactful testimony of how God has transformed her own life. Her desire is to connect you with the heart of God and the truth of how he truly loves and sees you. If you're hurt, if you're broken, if you yearn for God's love and acceptance, let the healing begin. Now, here's Carla Swanigan. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Scandalous Grace, where we leave religion out of it and just bring Jesus. I'm Carla Swanigan. And today on the show, I'm so glad you're joining us because we're going to be talking about forgiveness. And um, when I was even when I was making my notes for this, I kept calling it unforgiveness. It's like, yeah, I'm doing a show on unforgiveness. I'm doing, a sh- you know, topics on forgiveness and I'm looking up scriptures and I'm, I'm studying about unforgiveness. And then I felt like the Lord like gently reminded me while I was prepping the other day. He's like, actually, we're talking about forgiveness and the importance of forgiveness and why God asks us to forgive and why it's so important in our lives. And just some examples um, in the Bible and stories in the Bible where the Lord himself is is talking to us in scripture about forgiveness. So um, get your boots on, get your Bible open. We're going to dig in. We're going in deep today, guys. So turn with me in your Bibles or on your Bible app to Colossians. We're going to be in Colossians chapter three. We're going to be jumping around a little bit today because there's a lot of scriptures that I think are important and I want to include them um, while we're studying forgiveness. So just turn your Bibles to Colossians chapter three, and I'm going to be reading Colossians chapter three, Verse 13 from the Passion Translation. It says, Tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith, forgiving one another in the same way you've been graciously forgiving and forgiven by Christ Jesus. If you find fault with someone, release the same gift of forgiveness to them. For love is supreme and must flow through each of these virtues. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. Okay, so there's, gosh, so much meat And just those couple of verses there, 13 and 14 of Colossians chapter three. But what really sticks out to me is one, the end of that verse where he talks about love being the mark of true maturity. I don't know about you guys listening, but I want to be a mature Christian. I want to grow in the Lord. You know, it says in the word that um, they were always drinking milk. They weren't ready for meat, you know, and that's a spiritual representation of digging into the word and hearing, you know, mature things. I want to be mature in Christ. I don't want to always be in the baby stage of my growth with him. I really want to grow up in the Lord. I really want to, um, be a blessing to him and a blessing to other people. So that like it says in Matthew chapter five, I can truly let my light shine. And one of the ways that I do that is, is I really need to grow up in him. And one of the things that he asks us to do to be mature and to grow up in him is forgiveness. It says here in this verse 13, it says you've been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. So release the same gift of forgiveness to others. And that's what it is. You guys, forgiveness is a gift from God to us. He, Christ forgave us on the cross. Jesus came and did all of that. God forgave us of all of our sins. There's nothing he hasn't forgiven us for through Christ Jesus. Um, there's nothing that the finished work of the cross didn't cover. Right. And so it's a totally a gift that we can't earn. It says it over and over in the word. This is a gift so that no one can boast. This is not by your good works. There's nothing you can do to add to the finished work of the cross. Even though sometimes we can slide into religion, you guys, and we can get into works and we start trying to do that. We start trying to add to the works of the cross and it's just not possible. 
because the cross was enough. He did it all. Jesus did it all. We can't add to that. And so forgiveness is a gift from God to us, for us to be restored to him. And so he's asking us to give that same gift to others. And um, sometimes that can be really hard, but it's a gift that we can give. We can do it because he asked us to, and he never asked us to do anything that he doesn't equip us for. Right. So um, it tells us that in Colossians to extend that same gift. And in another translation, it says, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive them as the Lord forgave you. And sometimes that can be really hard. You guys, I mean, I think in our own natural flesh and just humanness and our human nature, when somebody wrongs us, I mean, I don't know about you, but for me, sometimes I'm just like, that is horrible. I cannot believe they did that to me. Who do they think they are? What in the world? And I just start going off on all these reasons why I was incredibly wronged. I start playing the victim and I start, you know, pointing out to the Lord or whoever's listening, you know, all the reasons that this person did me wrong. And, you know, if it were up to me, I'd be like, yeah, um, I just hope they get hit with a Mack truck today. You know, it's like, that's how you feel in your mind. You may not say that, but inside you want vengeance. You want justice. And we kind of use that excuse. We're like, yeah, well, that was wrong and it needs to be made right. And they need to be punished for what they did to me. And, um, you know, yeah, hit them with the Mack truck, Lord, take care of it. But then, you know, the Holy spirit and the word of God comes back ever so gently. And sometimes to me, like a Mack truck myself, I get hit upside the head with the reminder from the Lord, like, Hey, I forgave you for way worse than that girl. Way worse. I forgave you. Honestly, you can't extend some forgiveness to this person that incredibly wronged you. You know, don't you think they deserve that from you in the very least because of what I've done for you? And I'm just like, Oh Lord, you're so right. That's so true. Um, Joyce Meyer has this quote that I've heard her say many times in her conferences. And when I watch her on TV, she said, when you've got unforgiveness in your heart and, and you refuse to forgive someone, it's like you taking poison and expecting the other person to die. And that's because unforgiveness is so bitter and it's so bad for you. It totally doesn't affect the other person at all. When you've got unforgiveness towards them, um, when you won't forgive them, it affects you. It affects your heart. It plays, you know how we'll play it over and over in our mind. We love to um, remind ourselves of all the ways that person did us wrong so we can justify our behavior and our refusal to forgive them. And the Lord's like, you got to lay that stuff down. You got to let it go. So that reminds me of a scripture in Luke where the Lord's talking about this very thing. And he's talking to Peter. So turn with me in Luke. You might know this scripture. It's a really good one. It's Luke chapter 17. And the title of this portion of scripture is faith and forgiveness. So we're in Luke 17 and I'm going to be reading verses one through four. One day, Jesus taught his disciples this betrayers, betrayals are inevitable, but great devastation will come to the one guilty of betraying others. It would be better for him to have a heavy boulder tied around his neck and be hurled into the deepest sea than to face the punishment of betraying one of my dear ones. So be alert to your brother's condition, and if you see him going the wrong direction, cry out and correct him. If there is true repentance on his part, forgive him. No matter how many times in one day your brother sins against you and says, I'm sorry, I'm changing, forgive me, you need to forgive him each and every time. And another translation, this is the story of, you know, Peter asking the Lord, how many times 
should I forgive my brother who's wronged me? And he's like, should I forgive him seven times? And I think Peter was like so impressed with himself because he said seven times because he thought, you know, that's a lot. That's a lot. And the Lord is like, actually, you know, more like 70 times seven in one day, you know? And oh my gosh, you guys, 70 times seven in one day. Oh my gosh, that's so much, right? Because all you want to do is have that, oh, you want to have that whole vengeance and you want to hang on to that unforgiveness because it's so validating. And the Lord's like, nope, over and over you need to forgive them, especially if they're repentant, especially if they're sorry. Over and over the Lord asks us to forgive. And it tells us in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 30, that God is the judge. God is the judge of people. That's not our job. The Holy Spirit's the one that brings conviction. God's the one that decides what's in somebody's heart. He gets to decide um, who's right and who's wrong. And we don't know people's heart motives. You know, it says in the Bible that our own heart is deceitful above all things. So just when we think we've got somebody figured out and why they did what they did and what their motives were. And you're like, oh, I know why she did that. She did that because she was trying to, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you just go off on this whole tangent when really the word says you don't know anything at all about that person's heart and you don't have the right to judge their heart. Only God can see the true intent and purposes of somebody's heart. And so, um, like it says in Hebrews, God is the judge of people. It's not up to us to judge. And one thing that I want to remind you guys of that um, I learned, I think it was when I was in Celebrate Recovery and I was going through all the steps of Celebrate Recovery and going through my timeline in my life. I don't know if, if you've done Celebrate Recovery. It's it's so awesome. I highly recommend it. A lot of people think it's just for um, things like drug and alcohol um, related issues. And it's, it's really good for that. It's a great step program for that, but it's also for relational healing and heart healing and, and, and just deep wounds. It was so good for me for those things as well. And one thing that I learned through celebrate recovery is when you forgive someone, you're not saying to them, you're not, the message you're sending is not, Hey, what you did to me was okay. It's totally fine that you did that. I actually think that you were right to do that. I forgive you. You know, you're totally forgiven. What you did to me was okay. That's not, that's not what forgiveness is. When you forgive someone, you're just releasing them from the punishment that you were trying to pour on them. And you're giving that to the Lord. You're saying, I forgive you. And I'm releasing this whole situation to the Lord so that you yourself can be, gosh, you guys at peace and just released from the hold and the bondage and the slavery that unforgiveness brings you into the minute you choose to forgive. And it is a choice. Let me tell you, it is a choice. You're not going to necessarily feel like forgiving them. You're not going to feel great about it. It's one of those things that you do out of obedience to the Lord. Most of the time, at least that it is for me. And I just have to be like, okay, I choose to forgive this person. Lord, I release this whole situation to you. Please come into my heart and heal me. Set me free from this. I don't want to think about it anymore. I don't want to punish them anymore, either in my mind or outwardly. A lot of times our punishment is like very passive aggressive, manipulative. Um, I like to do the silent treatment. That's one of my go-tos when I'm punishing somebody is, you know, I'll do that to my husband. I'm trying to get better about that. But when I get mad at him and he said something that hurts my feelings and I need to forgive him and I feel the Holy Spirit tugging on my heart to forgive him. I'm just like, oh, no, I need to hang on to this for a few more minutes. It feels so validating to be mad and to be punishy and in my mind point out all the ways that he wronged me. And then outwardly, out loud, the way that manifests is I won't talk to him. And I'll just be like, quiet. And we were on a trip recently, and, and he said something in the car. And we were driving back home, and it was a really long road trip. And the way he said it just came off wrong. I knew deep down that that's not how he meant it in his heart, but it came out really bad and it really hurt my feelings. And I held on to that in the car for like an hour and a half 
And I just refuse to let it go. And I can feel the Holy Spirit saying, he didn't mean it that way. You need to tell him how you feel. You need to release this to me. You need to forgive him. And I was just like, nope, nope, nope. I'm going to punish him the whole way home. We got three hours left in the car. I'm going to punish him the whole way. That's what I was thinking in my head. And that's, I'm just being honest with you guys. You know, don't sit out there listening to me being a holy being like, oh, I wouldn't do that. Come on now. Let's get real. I just want you to stop for a minute and think about the most recent time that you were punishing somebody. And, um, I think we all do it at certain times in our lives. And, and I mean, we're human and God's constantly working us out from glory to glory. Right. But anyway, finally in the car, um, the Holy spirit was convicting me like he is so good at, and he's so loving when he does it. And I was able to turn to my husband and say, Hey, you know what? I know that you didn't mean it this way, but this is how that felt to me. And this is what I heard. And it really hurt me. And of course, as soon as he heard that, he was like, Oh wow, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to say it that way. This is what I meant to say. That's not the message I was trying to send. Please hear me. No, I'm sorry. And I was, I totally forgave him. I was able to let it go. But here's the other thing. Within a few hours of getting home and over the course of the next few days, that situation kept coming back to my mind. And I don't know if that's, you know, the devil trying to get us into strife in our lives and trying to get us to come into partnership, into unforgiveness with him, or if that's just our human nature. You know, our flesh just wanting to hold on to that and really make somebody pay for the hurt that it made us feel. But I had to choose. My point is I had to choose continually over the next few days to forgive my husband. Now, he didn't know this was going on because I wasn't punishing him on the outside. I wasn't doing that passive, aggressive, manipulative, silent treatment stuff. I wasn't doing that anymore. But in my head, I was battling. And in my heart, I was battling. I was having to choose to forgive. Every time I was reminded of that comment that he said, I was having to choose to forgive him. And And the more I chose to forgive, the less and less frequently it was coming to my mind. And so the Lord meets us where we're at. When he asks us to do something, just like I said earlier, he'll totally meet us where we're at and he'll equip us to do what he's asking us to do. He'll give us that grace, that grace to to do those hard things, to, to choose forgiveness. And it really is that it's a choice. You know, God's forgiven me in my own life. And maybe this is true of you too. Um, He's forgiven me of so many things you guys that I don't deserve forgiveness for, you know, I've made so many bad choices. I've deliberately in my past done so many awful things that I wish now I could go back and change and, and turn back time and and make a better decision and not hurt my loved ones and, and not hurt. Like even my mom, I think about all the stuff I put her through when I was in high school and college and the hurtful things I said to her and my terrible attitude and, you know, just the crap I put her through even as a young adult and, And then I became a mom and I saw, you know, how how hard it must have been for her to be a single mom. And, and I was able to see with new eyes, all the things that I had put her through that were so unnecessary, you know? And of course, I wish I could go back and take all that back. Um, I've recently asked my mom, I'm like, I'm so sorry for what a jerk I was in high school. You know, please forgive me. And my mom was so gracious. She was like, listen, you know, I forgive you. I wasn't perfect either. And And I get it. And we're all just doing the best we can. Of course, I forgive you and I love you. And that felt so good to be released from her. Not that I don't even know if she was holding on to any unforgiveness, but I felt her forgiveness in that moment. I felt her love. And um, and it just took all that condemnation and guilt and shame that the enemy tries to bring on me. It just took all that off because she was able to say those words to me. And so God's forgiven me of so many things that I don't deserve forgiveness for. So how much more? Should I forgive other people of the slight things compared to my own history with the Lord? Not even to mention what he did for me to restore me to the Lord and salvation. And 
all that awesome stuff that he did. You know, I want to read to you guys. um, Turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. This is another great just encouragement in the word of God about forgiveness. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 6. It's verse 14 and 15. And right before this in Matthew chapter 6 is where, you know, the disciples have seen Jesus praying. You know, he went off to pray and they saw him praying and they asked him, you know, Lord, teach us how to pray. And so he totally tells them the Lord's prayer. And so right after Matthew chapter six, he gives him the Lord's prayer. And then we pick up here in verse 14 and he says, and when you pray, make sure you forgive the faults of others so that your father in heaven will also forgive you. Because if you withhold forgiveness from others, your father withholds forgiveness from you. And that's always been such a heavy verse for me to read. I'm like, whoa, like, what does that mean? Like, I know I'm forgiven my sins and I'm restored to God through Christ Jesus because of salvation and because of the cross and because of the perfect blood of Jesus. But like, what does this mean about him withholding forgiveness from me? And I've always wondered about that verse. And I just feel like that it's one of those things that's like a deep mystery of God. But at the same time, he's saying, don't hold forgiveness from other people because like this thing with John, if I'd held on to that, then and not forgiven him a few days from now, I screw over somebody, you know, at work or something. And, and I go home and I feel really convicted about it. And I'm like, you know, God, forgive me for doing that. And I feel like the Holy Spirit's like, uh, you ready to release your husband from that thing the other day that was way less than what you just did. I feel like that's part of it. I feel like it's a conviction thing that the Holy Spirit is saying in this verse, um, in the word in Matthew chapter six, he's like, Hey, listen, you need to let people off the hook. So that when you do something stupid, Carla, (laughs) I will let you off the hook and you won't feel all that crap that you're feeling right now that, you know, pretty much gives the enemy license to make you feel guilty. You need to release other people so that you can also be released. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie, The Shack. I may have talked about that on the show before. Oh, my gosh, you guys, if you have not seen the movie, The Shack, please go see it. It is so good. Um, it opened my eyes. I read the book and the book is amazing, but the movie was so good because sometimes I'm a visual learner and it's so good for me to put pictures with words. And I love the scene in the movie, the shack where they're standing in this cave and Mac, the, the lead um, actor in the movie and in the book, he doesn't want to forgive the person that has, you know, hurt him so bad and, and hurt his family and done horrible things. Um, he really doesn't want to forgive them and he doesn't believe that they, for, they deserve forgiveness. And in the movie, you know, they walk through the steps of why forgiveness is so important and why we can't judge on our own because we don't know what that person's been through that would make them make such a bad choice. You know, not that that excuses their behavior, but there's a backstory to everybody's life. You guys, we all have a history and it's not always pretty. And there are things that we go through and circumstances in our life that cause us to make stupid decisions. And like I said, that's not excusing the behavior. That's certainly not totally letting people off the hook. That's God's job though. He's the one that gets to judge the motives of our heart and our job. All he asks us to do is to forgive them. It's not up to us to decide whether or not they deserve it because to be honest with you, none of us deserve anything. And I think that's a, it's just beautifully depicted in that movie, especially in that scene in the cave where um, Mac is dealing with his feelings of unforgiveness and the Lord's trying to show him what that's doing to his own heart, what that's doing to Mac's heart, holding on to that unforgiveness. 
and bitterness and how we can't really be the judge of other people. You know, it tells us in Ephesians chapter one, verse seven, that it's the blood of Jesus, that perfect blood that releases us and forgives us of all of our sins. And it tells us in Ephesians chapter four, forgive each other as Christ forgave you. So over and over and over, we see all these depictions in the word about the importance of forgiving other people and understanding the reasons why God asked us to do it. It is an obedience thing. You guys, I can't stress enough. It's a choice. It's a choice that we have to make sometimes daily. Like I said, when that thing happened with John, my husband, and I forgave him in the car, I still had to really press through when it was brought to my remembrance over the next few days and choose to forgive him over and over. And, you know, sometimes there's really hard things in our history or in our past that are like hurtful things. Like I know I was, I mean, I don't know if you know my whole testimony, but part of my story is I was molested by an adult extended family member when I was, you know, about eight or nine years old. And for a long time, that really jacked my life up. That had a lot to do with some of the misconceptions I had about what God saw me and how he felt about me. And it just screwed up my identity for a really long time. And it caused me to make stupid choices as a young adult and as an adult. But this guy, I was always, I had this unforgiveness in my heart towards him, this man that did that to me. And um, I really felt like I came to a place in my life about four or five years ago where the Lord was asking me to release him, to release this man from that debt, to forgive him. And I knew that it was going to be a choice. And so the way that that looked like for me was I just said, okay, Lord, I choose to forgive him. And I said his name and I did that just out of obedience. I didn't feel it in my heart. I did it out of obedience probably for two or three years, you guys. And whenever it would come to my mind, I'd be like, yep, I choose to forgive him. And it was simple as that. You know, I, it was an obedience of words. It wasn't so much an obedience of a heart condition. Um, but here's what's so cool about the Lord. When you obey him, he gives you the grace to do what he's asking you to do. And I'll never forget this. You guys, one night in the middle of the night, I had this very vivid dream. I mean, it was so real. Even as I'm telling you about it, I can see it so clearly right now. I had this dream and I was sitting in a coffee shop across from this man, this perpetrator who had molested me as a child. I'm sitting across from him and I see his face and I'm talking to him and I say to him, I forgive you. I forgive you. And he starts to cry. And I say, I just want, you to know, I met the Lord when I was really young, but I came back to him as an adult. And I just want you to know that, um, I forgive you and he loves you and he wants to forgive you. And I just pray that you will come to know the Lord. And I'm sitting there like evangelizing him, like telling him the gospel. And, um, I could feel in my heart that it was absolutely sincere. It was totally heartfelt. And I just woke up talking to him about the Lord and how I was praying for his salvation. And when I woke up, you guys, I felt that burden of unforgiveness completely gone from my heart, completely gone. I felt the grace of God on me. And I knew that I had released that man. I knew I'd given him over to the Lord and it was so freeing and, um, it was so good. Now, I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what hard thing. Cause like I said, some things could be like an argument in the car. Like I have with my husband kind of easy to forgive that person. Other things may be really, really tough. Like what happened with me when I was little. But either way, you guys, God's going to meet you where you're at and give you the grace that you need to forgive that person. Because like I told you, it's really for you. God will take care of um, your heart. He'll meet you where you're at, but he wants you to be released 
from holding on to any unforgiveness. It's such a barrier in your life. It's a barrier for intimacy with the Lord. It's a barrier really for intimacy with other people. It makes you the judge. And you guys, we're not good at that. We're not good at being the judge. God's the only one that's good at that. And like God tells us in Colossians, our first verse that we read at the top of the show, he really wants us to release people and forgive them like he forgave us. And that's the bottom line. What has God forgiven us for on the cross that we can't release somebody from a minor thing or a major thing? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You guys do it for your own heart and for your own health. I can't tell you how freeing it was when I woke up from that dream and remember realized that over the years, as I'd been praying that prayer, just mouthing the words, I forgive you about that man, that it was setting the stage for it to be a true thing in my heart and to set me free. So, Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everybody listening, Lord, that they'd be able to release that unforgiveness and they'd be able to release that person to you, Lord. I pray that you would release them from that burden and that true forgiveness would come into their hearts for whatever they're going through and just help them to remember that through Christ Jesus, they can do all things. In your mighty and holy name, I pray. Amen. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Please email me at scandalousgrace at carlswanigan.com and let me know how God's moving in your life through the show. And please consider donating to keep our show on the air. It's a ministry outreach. And just remember, leave religion out of it and just bring Jesus. We hope you were blessed by today's episode of Scandalous Grace with Carlos Wanigan. Please go to carloswanigan.com to listen to podcasts, see where Carla will be speaking, and to find out about all of Carla Swanigan Ministries' resources, including her video devotional series. Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan is a listener-supported radio ministry outreach. We depend on your prayers and donations. Please go to carloswanigan.com for ways you can partner with Carla in reaching listeners with God's love and grace. Please join us again next Saturday at 4 p.m. for Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan.